0: We'll be taking a uh, a scripture out of Exodus chapter 20 this morning, and uh, a few weeks ago, I'm not sure, anyway, I'll say recently, uh, we studied a topic or a commandment where God told Israel "Said, do not plant a grove of trees near the altar so uh we we talked about that, we studied that and and we asked questions about that, which I think it's a wonderful way to study is ask questions and 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 pray and seek for answers to those questions so we and I'm not going to talk about that again. I just wanted to review that before we go into our lesson this morning. So God said, don't plant a grove of trees near his altar so You know, what does that mean to us today? Uh, And we talked about Buddy. I know Buddy plants a lot of trees out there, and he's got a lovely, lush place out there. Uh, And we uh, planted, you say, well, that wasn't near the alder. Well, okay. But if we look at the church building, uh, was it last year, I believe, we took out the two dogwood trees and we planted two uh, lace leaf uh, weeping maple trees, which are beautiful. But did we consult the scripture first when we planted the dogwood trees back in what night? I don't know if we planted the first year about 1982 or 81. I'm not sure. But anyway, so did we consult the the scriptures to see if we could put those there? Is that uh, and I. We don't call anything here the altar. A lot of churches do. They'll call this the altar or something like that. We don't do that. But should we have measured those trees out there and see if we're planting those trees too close to the altar? Should we went to the Scriptures for that? Because the Scripture says not to plant a grove of trees near the altar, near his altars. Well, as we studied that, we saw that, that word grove meant idols. And... Israel would take those trees and they would cut them down and uh, cut the branches off and cook with it and make fire and get warmed and then they'd take the big part of the, the trunk of that tree and they'd make a god. They'd carve it out into man's image and they would beautify it and I think we read where the sodomites would what, what would weave, uh, uh, was it silver, anyway, they, uh, things to beautify this God with that they had created. So this is what God was saying: not to have anything man-made, you know, man-made gods near the place of worship. It's not to have anything to do with the place of worship. Now we know Israel did that. It says they committed adultery with trees and stones. So they would take uh, carved stones. They would carve trees. And, and them being married to God, but yet they would, would go to these idols that they made and, and trust in that uh, as their God. So we talked, uh, talked about that and uh, also talked about well, in this day and age again, what does that mean to us? Well, you say, well they don't uh, I guess you can still find carved things that they look at as gods and and things like that. Uh, Undoubtedly, there is in this world. But what do we look for? Well, you say, do they make man-made gods today? Yes. They want to make this thing a god. They want to beautify it. They want to lift it up to the level of God. Uh, We have uh, free will Uh, God's not in control of us. So they want to beautify this thing and make it a God. And that is part of their worship. And he says, don't have any grove of trees near place of worship. So near his altar or his place of worship. So we talked about that and and learned a few things uh, by God's grace uh, on that. So what about the altar itself? I mentioned we don't call anything here uh, the altar. Many organizations do. But what about the altar itself? We have, I started say instructions, instruction, but we have commandments. Don't plant any grove of trees near the altar, a place of worship. It has no business there near a place of worship as part of the worship. But what about that altar itself? Do we have any instructions or commandments on building an altar? And the answer is yes. We're going to find it in the Old Testament this morning as we look at it. But uh, you say, well, that's the Old Testament. Does it really mean anything to us today? Uh I don't know who coined the phrase, but the uh, New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And I I like that saying a lot. So yes, the Old Testament certainly is important to us today as it's revealed to us in the New Testament what the truth of the Old Testament is. So we're going to read about how to build an altar, how not to build an altar in the Old Testament. But does it mean anything to us today? He said, well, let's just read it. Exodus 20 and verse 25. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not, here's some more of those thou shalt not. There's a lot of them in the scriptures. Thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For thou lift up thy tool upon it, Thou hath polluted it. So, in this building that we meet in, I believe a beautiful building, and I'm grateful and thankful for it, but there's a lot of tools used in here, Chuck. A lot of tools used. But our lesson said that when they build... An altar, if it be of stone, not build it with hewn stone. Don't, don't shape it that pleases you. You might like it nice and square, and builders certainly would like it nice and square to build with. I've even heard uh, builders complain about uh, bricks or blocks being not very true. Uh, but this says... To build an acceptable altar under God has to be of stones that have not been hewn, not a hammer, not a chisel, not a tool put on it. Well, why would it matter? Again, I like to ask questions. Why would it matter anyway? Why did it matter when God told Israel where to take fire from to offer this particular sacrifice and Aaron's sons took the fire from a different place and he killed them? It mattered. Why does it matter when he says don't plant any grove of trees near the altar? Why does it matter? Well, we see it does matter as, we, as he reveals to us. By revelation, Bill read, it's, it's by revelation we, we, he gives us the truth. But why does it matter? Well, it does matter. And what it says here, make an altar of stone, altar, a place of worship. You don't hew the stones. You don't shape them the way that we or you or the world think that they should be shaped. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27, I'll read this in just a couple other places, and uh, then we'll try to uh, pray that the Lord will reveal the truth to us about this. Deuteronomy 27. And... uh, Verse four. This is when they were going; to, uh, their journey in the wilderness was uh, uh, nearing the end. They were going to cross the, the Jordan over into the land of promise. Uh, in Deuteronomy twenty-seven and four. Therefore, it shall be when you are going over the Jordan that ye shall set up these stones which I command you this day. In Mount Ebal, and thou shalt plaster them with plaster, and there shall and there shalt thou build an altar unto the Lord thy God, an altar of stones. And thou shalt not lift up any iron upon them. Thou shalt build an altar of the Lord thy God of whole stones. And thou shalt offer burnt offerings there unto the Lord thy God. So here, commandment to build an altar. You're, In other words, I command you to worship, to build an altar, but don't lay any tools to it. Don't shape it. Don't shape it the way you think it should be. Form it the way you think it should be. You build it of unhewn stone. That's the commandment. Thou shalt not build it with hewn stones. It pollutes the whole thing. No longer would it be acceptable. It would not be an acceptable sacrifice that's offered there. He wouldn't accept he wouldn't accept a sac- he didn't accept the sacrifice of the strange fire. He wouldn't accept the sacrifices when they had the idols there that they'd made out of trees and, 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 uh, and stones. So if they make an altar out of hewn stones that they've chiseled and shaped, oh, it might be much stouter, it might appear to be much stouter to man, but God says thou shalt not. The book of Joshua <clears throat> uh, uh, Joshua chapter eight. Uh, let's see Joshua chapter eight after Deuteronomy before judges. Uh, Joshua eight and verse uh, 30. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has lifted up any iron, And they offered their own burnt offerings unto the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And so they're talking about the book of the law of Moses. And again, most of the world thinks the law of Moses is just ten ten commandments. Well, this plainly tells us it's also in the law of Moses. You don't build an altar out of stones that man has hewed. That they carve it to something that they think it should be so that's what our text is telling us in 20 and 25 and if thou will make an altar of stone thou shalt not build it of hewn stone for if thou lift up thy tool upon it thou hast polluted it so altar worship a place to offer up sacrifice unto god what is saying is there's no trace of human skills here it would pollute the whole thing Human wisdom and earthly nature really enjoys trimming the doctrines of the cross, don't they? We have the doctrines of the cross, and they want to shape it into something more appealing to the natural man. And it's always about lifting the natural man up but that's what the world and human nature wants to do. The doctrines of the cross, They want to change it, change the shape of it, add to, take away, whatever. So the earthly man is anxious to have a hand in their justification and their salvation. I've told you before I'll, I'll mention again uh, conversation with with a uh, with a man and I'm not sure what particular scriptures we were talking about but pointing to Jesus Christ and him only and no doubt talking about justification salvation and what he said and this was true words though I mean it's true he said this but it's also that's what the world feels the way that should be as far as worship. He said, but you'd like to think we have something to do with it. That's the natural man. That's the old man. That's the earthly man. And he's absolutely true. That's what the religious world, at their altar, they think that it should be Our salvation, our justification is based on something we do or don't do. And it's lifting up man. So the doctrine of the cross is Jesus Christ Him crucified, period. But they want to shape it, shape those. We're not satisfied with that. Jesus, Paul said, and, I, and I, I love the scripture. I've had people ask me, well, what about this person? What about that person? What about this person? And i am no Apostle Paul by any means. But he said, uh, shoot, now it slipped my mind. Uh, he said, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So you can ask me all kinds of questions about how the babies get there, how does somebody else get there. I'm going to give you the same answer. By God's grace, I'm going to give you the same answer. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, the religious world wants to, they're not really satisfied with that shape. The doctors of the cross, they want to carve it. And carve it, And it's always, in a way, that would glorify man. This is putting tools to the altar, to the place of worship, the place of sacrifice. So when they take the doctrine of the cross and change it, You say, well, they just changed a little bit. They got mostly the truth. I'll go back to an example I've used before. Uh, If I had a gallon of water here, nice drinking water, wherever you think it comes from, out of the ground, out of the bottle, out of the spigot, out of the refrigerator door, wherever you think it comes from, and I got a gallon of it here, and it's nice and cold and everything, and I put, I don't know the ratio, but I put just a little bit of arsenic in it Would you want to drink it. I'm going to say it's 99.9% pure, just a little bit of arsenic in it. Well, you wouldn't want it. So the way they take and hue change the doctrines of the cross, pollutes the whole thing, according to the scriptures. It pollutes the whole thing. Uh, It becomes, and Bill, you read it this morning. It becomes another gospel. Now, the gospels, Christ is Jesus Christ, and crucified. That's the gospel of Christ. But when they change, they change it and say, "Yeah, it's uh, it's Christ, but you have to do this and you have to do that." It pollutes the whole thing. So not to they're not to change not to hew these stones at the altar at the place of worship the Lord must be lifted up alone no place for man to be lifted up in the worship our justification our salvation our righteousness man is not to be lifted up if it is it pollutes the whole Worship. Uh, in John chapter 17, Gospel of John chapter 17, very, very familiar scripture to you, and I know it's a scripture that you love. declares the gospel the doctrine of the cross John 17 I'm going to start in verse 1 we'll read four verses these words spoke Jesus and lift up his eyes to heaven and said Father the hour is come glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And I have glorified thee on the earth, and I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And flip over to the 19th chapter of John. In verse 30, because there he says, Father, I've finished the work you gave me to do. Did he? Did he finish it? Uh, 19 and 30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. It is finished. Earthly-minded men with earthly wisdom, tries to change this. Try to add to the finished work of Jesus Christ. They try to add to it. And to try to add to the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross is blasphemy. But again, as you and I were talking this morning, if they, if they deny the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, then they're teaching another way and it pollutes the whole worship it's finished oh certainly there's a a a work for his servants to do in in declaring and spreading uh, his truth but they pollute it I mean it's finished it's done I completed the work your justification, your salvation, your righteousness. But they want to, they don't like that shape. They want to hammer and chisel and build this altar out of something the way that they think it should be. So it pollutes the worship. Uh, Hebrew chapter 4 Hebrew chapter 4. Talks about the work being finished here as well. The word Sabbath is not used here. Rest is, and certainly it is talking about Sabbath and, and rest. But the world wants to square things up the way that it should be. Hew this, this doctrine of the cross, and they want to change it, and change the shape of it to what fits what they think fits better. So Hebrew 4, and uh, let's, let's go all the way back to verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Entering to his rest. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well unto them, But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we who have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. We just read where Christ says, it's finished. Father, I finished the work. Now, it was finished. Those words were spoken a couple thousand years ago. But in actuality, it was finished before the foundation of the world when God's plan of salvation was drawn up. When he set, uh, said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So back sometime before the foundation of the world, you as individuals were set before him, and he considered you joy. And he says, I'll do it. I'll go to the cross. I'll finish the work. So this rest said the works were finished from the foundation of the world and the, and the world wants to add. They want to chisel and shape. No, it's not finished. You can't have security in your salvation. What it said here, it said uh, in verse 4, For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day in this wise, And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. So here's another place for a really good question. Why did God rest the seventh day? Was he tired? You'll say, well, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Well, then why did he rest the seventh day? Because the work was finished. Verse 9 there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. So God, it says, as, for he that entered into his rest, the rest of Jesus Christ, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. How did why or in what manner did God cease from his works on the, seventh, on the Sabbath? It was finished. And the same way with us. We cease from our works. We no, we no longer work for our salvation, our justification, our righteousness. So we have this rest, as God did, the work finished from the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ on the cross, he says, it's finished. But the world wants to take the letter of the law and preach the Sabbath as a certain day of the week. Oh, thou shalt not defile the Sabbath. That's true. Don't defile the Sabbath. But is Sabbath? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? What is the true rest? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He is our Sabbath. But they're not satisfied with that. They're not satisfied with the finished work on the cross, and therefore they they have no rest. And, uh, well, let's see. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2 quickly. Ephesians chapter 2, starting verse 4. And the world hates these scriptures. Uh, Ephesians 2 and 4, But God, who is rich in his mercy, for his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath made us alive or quickened, together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together, made us set together in heavenly places in Christ. That's his true churches, true places of of, uh, uh, sacrifice and worship that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. So this tells us it's by grace. Your, your salvation is by grace. Your justification is by grace. Your atonement is by grace. Your righteousness is by grace. It's all by grace and not by works. Again, yes, there's a, a work for the servants of the Lord to do as we would offer this sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. In uh, Galatians chapter 2, uh, Chuck or Bill read chapter 1, which we referred to, Galatians chapter 2, and verse 16 makes it uh, very plain. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. How many in this world believes that that's the way we're justified? By the letter of the law. And again, by the letter of the law, the or, or, uh, yeah, by the letter of the law. Oh, if you work on Sunday, you're going to hell. They should say Saturday if gone by the day of the week. Which neither one is our Sabbath. The Lord is our Sabbath. And you don't defile our Sabbath by laboring on that which he has finished. So, uh, verse six, uh, 16 again. Knowing that a man is not justified by the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But the religious world takes the doctrines of the cross, chisels it, and has their works in it somehow. He, uh, I see we're out of time, but he tells us in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Such a simple statement. But he didn't say, I'm one of the ways. I'm the way. But the world, they're not satisfied with that. They want to chisel that and make what you do as part of the way. Uh, so you, you have to choose. But the scripture says that he's chosen us. We haven't chosen him. And they'll say, well, but it's up to you to believe. Well, the scripture says all that was ordained to eternal life believe. So the ones that was already ordained to eternal life, they're the ones that will believe. Well, but you have to call on the Lord. You have to pray through, you have to call on the Lord. And and they'll go to like the scriptures, we we talked about it a few months ago or weeks ago. Lepers. There's these lepers that come to him, and, and called on him and said, you know, save us, you know, and, and have uh, heals of this. You say, well, see, they took the first step. And then you realize, no, the Lord sent men out two by twos into every city where he was going to go, and they was preaching about the Lord before the Lord ever got there. So these lepers, the Lord had already had them preached to he had already the ones that heard. He had given them the ears. He had given them the eyes. So the first step is never man. The first step was God and the Son before the foundation of the world, drawing up the plan of salvation. Uh, so much more I wanted to, to go to, but let me just close with Hebrew chapter seven, a scripture that uh, that I love among. Many, or all, I should say. And we don't want to build, we don't want to hew this. We don't want to build on it. We don't want to chisel off of it. Hebrew 7 and 25 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost. Uttermost means no other means possible. You can't be any more saved. That's what that word means. You can't be any more saved. He is able to save to the uttermost. Can't be any safer. And I, I love what Brother Olson said behind his pulpit out in the old building out there. I believe, uh, he says, I'm sure being in heaven when I die is if I was already there. Well, he believed this scripture: saved to the can't be any safer. So all sin is in glory now. We're still on the earth. He's not even safer than we are. He is able to save to the uttermost. The world's not satisfied with that. They want to take the chisel and the hammer. They want to chisel that. But you have to take the first step. You have to choose. You have to do your part. And whenever they say, they start out, well, it's according to your choices and your decisions. Everything else they say is polluted. It's not acceptable, sacrificing to the Lord. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. I dismissed.